13, 12, 69, if you want to have your say. Mark Latham from One Nation, New South Wales. Good morning to you, Mark. Good, good morning, Marcus. How are you going? Yeah, well, thank you. Nice to talk to you. We're, we're losing our minds around here. Everyone's a little COVIDed out and cranky and all the rest of it. And, and it would appear as well that some people are getting a little frustrated with the, well, the running of the state of New South Wales during this pandemic. And perhaps there's a contingency plan should Gladys go. I can't see the Premier stepping aside at all. She won't do it during a pandemic. Surely not. Well, we've got the ongoing ICAC inquiry into all the Daryl Maguire matters. Uh, they've been taking further investigative steps now for eight months. So there most likely is something serious happening there. I know Liberals are worried about that. Yeah. But they'd also have to be worried about the failure of the lockdown policy. Uh, the Premier has failed. The lockdown has failed. Um, people have really been massively let down by an attempt to keep the virus under control when clearly it's well and truly out of control. So I think you've got uh, an emerging leadership crisis at the top of the New South Wales Liberal Party and normally in the way of these things they're resolved uh, against the incumbent. Yeah, well we know that there are uh, factions who are at each other's throats inside the New South Wales government. So much so that, and I made the point of this earlier in the week and I know others have as well, uh, where you've got the police being sidelined, whether it's the commissioner or the police minister. I mean, how on earth can you have a crisis cabinet meeting and not involve the police minister? Policing is a big part of what our response is to try and uh, keep everybody obeying the public health order. So that's a, a problem. Uh, David Elliott and others extremely disappointed that they weren't being listened to and a bit of foot stamping has led to a change in that. But still, uh, there are problems there. Oh, massive, massive problems, and also the lack of a clear plan forward. Uh, every other day, the Premier has a new idea about what gives people back their freedom. Is it 50% vaccination, then it goes to 70, 80, and then at 80 to have low COVID numbers as well. So they're all over the shop, Marcus. Uh, yeah. You just can't treat people in this random, erratic fashion. You've got to have a plan and stick to it. Now, uh, the plan hasn't been working, but in terms of giving people their freedom back. Uh, there needs to be a clear, definitive approach. We've got the Doherty Institute data out there. That's uh, very clear. The Prime Minister has laid out his four stages of returning to normal. Why can't the New South Wales Premier stick to those plans instead of uh, constantly coming up with what I think are media distractions? She knows the lockdown has failed. She knows that she's failed. So she comes up with a new soundbite, a new media distraction um, to just try and get herself off the hook. And I think that just makes it more confusing. People have got no idea. There's a new plan for reopening on the front page of The Australian today. Yep. Um, yep. And, and, and all of this just creates more confusion and more dismay. Well, it does. Uh, she talks about a light at the end of the tunnel um, and all the rest of it, but I can't see it under the current uh, conditions being imposed in New South Wales. Uh, Gladys Burridge... Well, she clear. must have... Yeah. She must have pretty good eyesight because no one else can see light at the end of the tunnel. All we see is confusion and failure. So, mm. again, that's false rhetoric, giving people false hope. Yeah, okay. uh, Three or four weeks ago, she was talking about green shoots. They never well, eventuated. Yeah. Well, that's right. Uh, we can't see them. And, unfortunately, for businesses and, uh, and for workers who have been locked out of uh, earning an income... And then to have the Treasurer, the Federal Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, last night on the 7.30 report, 
basically say that, uh, well, there'll be no more financial support from the federal government once we reach 80%. So uh, there's, you're right, the messages are being mixed all over the joint. Well, it has. And in New South Wales, the state responsibility is to get the money directly to the businesses. But my office has been uh, flooded by business people saying, you're in service New South Wales. Uh, You spend two hours waiting on the phone Mm. for someone to talk to you. You can spend hours after that trying to explain your circumstances. They don't accept the basic data about the business's financial position. Business people are pulling their hair out. And on top of that, you had the ridiculous um, two-week construction closure that's still causing damage as they try to restart properly. Tradies, construction workers, small business, I guess they're all on the rack. All on the rack. I know. And this talk about Service New South Wales being world-class is a complete and utter fraud. They've failed as well. Is it possible um, to get so-called herd immunity with this Delta strain? I have my doubts. Well, increasingly, epidemiologists are agreeing with you, Marcus. Uh, The experts who look at these viruses are saying Delta uh, is more infectious and Delta gets to children because this is the the problem when people talk about vaccination rates. They're for adults, uh, 16 and plus. And um, if Delta, though, uh, is uh, uh, transmitted through children, well, you've got to talk about the entire population as having a herd immunity vaccination rate. Yes. And on top of that, um, there's a lot of evidence, and the reality is with Delta, that you can be vaccinated but still still get the virus. And if that's the case, it, it makes herd immunity very difficult indeed. So, you know, this rhetoric about living with the virus, it's got mm. to come, it's got to come, yep. and we've got to accept um, these realities make it as safe as possible. And at the end of the day, Mark, start treating society like adults. I mean, everyone knows about COVID and hygiene and social distancing, masks. People can make their own judgment about that in a free society and say, too, if you decided not to get vaccinated, well, you know the risks. And people are going to have to live with those risks as adults. So we can't be treated by, like children forever. Well, I see just on vaccinations, I see that this morning the Herald in an exclusive report are saying that the uh, the health minister is about to draft new laws that, that say basically unless you are fully immunised by the end of next month, that is September 30, you will not be welcome to work at New South Wales Health. Uh, that's being reported this morning via the Sydney Morning Herald. So it's a, basically one of those passport of vaccine passports to work work in the health department they're mandated basically well they've been having discussions with the unions and hopefully it's not a policy for sacking people uh some people do have valid medical reasons past reactions and allergies why they can't be vaccinated they've got to be accommodated uh put in jobs you know there's a large number of people in New South Wales Health working from home. Yes, of course. So, you know, it shouldn't be a policy to, to, to fire people at the drop of a hat. There's got to be compassion for workers who, some of whom have a legitimate reason, others a conscientious objection, others a, a judgment they've made not to get vaccinated. Um, it's a terrible thing to put people in a position to choose between their job and, um, and, and the vaccination. So, um, overall, you'd think health workers in the front line of COVID, well, of course they need to be vaccinated. Our aged care mandate has come from the federal government. That's right. Health workers have uh, vaccines for flu and other diseases in the front line, but mm-hmm. for goodness sake, they've got to accommodate the workers who haven't gone down that path and not be sacking people and uh, turning the um, health crisis into unemployment. 
Eight and a half thousand people have been evacuated by uh, the Australian Defence Force and our government since 2013. That's according uh, to Josh Frydenberg this morning. Uh, And also, um, uh, not Josh Frydenberg, Alex Hawke, I beg your pardon, the Immigration Minister. That's a comment that he made this morning. Should we be doing more, Mark, do you think, or have we done enough? Well, it's a dreadful situation. Oh, I think we've lost him these. Yep, yep. Um, 20 years of trying to train the Afghan army. What did it result in? They wouldn't fight. Yeah. I mean, John Howard's out there saying, oh, if the Americans stayed a bit longer, it could have the resolve of the Afghan mm-hmm. army. But we had 20 years to stiffen their resolve, and in the end, they had none. So, um, obviously, Australians have got to get out of there. The government's got to do that through this uh, safe zone. They've created a Kabul airport yep. and um, try and get people to safety. Um, There's a limited refugee program, 3,000. They've got to be part of a settlement program where they're dispersed uh, to various locations, given English language skills and other support to hopefully uh, lead a regular Australian life.